right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here once again with my buddies Chuck in the flesh hey now. in the terrifying camo cutoff cargo shorts, Zebo light blue jersey, sleeveless, guns out, suns out. Did I get that right? Uh, yeah, guns, sure. sun's out, guns out. He's got all the tattoos, looks full-blown Aryan Nation, though with a surprising Zebo jersey. Listen. This is just Bonnaroo, Chuck. This it is 100% Bonnaroo, Chuck. Um, I, here's the thing. I'm wearing Jordans and a Zebo shirt. Ooh. No no black person's going to think I'm racist. Uh, they they got to get close. They do. No, Jordans are a mile away. Okay, you can, can you can show them the life of the mind, Chuck. Yeah, no, that's why that's why I buy expensive shoes so people don't think I voted for Trump. <laughs> Jordans are expensive, eh? Yeah, hundred something at least. Well, obviously- my girlfriend's having a midlife crisis and has like a second persona that she calls DJ Kimono. Love it. That is a certain that w- w- that dresses younger. Mm. And on the request for DJ Kimono clothing, Air Jordans. Is that her request or your request? She wants them. I'm, I, I, I'm despondent about this suddenly expensive lifestyle change. I think you should look at it with a glass half full. Am I using the right pronoun? I don't even know. This seems like, <laughs> uh, this seems like a lifestyle kind of kink thing. You should just role play. It sounds great. You can be the guy it that did goes. Come back. She came back from Vegas and was like, I have a new uh, fashion persona. Yeah. And then if she's a DJ, you can ask for a request and it'll be, you know, to request your penis getting touched. Hey, now, uh, do I, need, I think I need a safe word. And I think that safe word will be meta world peace. Or Serato. What's that? <laughs> That's the DJ thing that DJs who can't DJ use to DJ. <laughs> oh, so all of our friends use that. <laughs> <laughs> They're waiting for me at Bonnaroo. <laughs> as, uh, well, as everyone can hear, John, once again, on the road, calling in through the miracle of the computer phone. Skype. John, what are you, uh, what are you wearing? That's a normal question uh, to ask a podcast here. buddy. I am wearing a Jerry Reed t-shirt, and that's it. I'm not even wearing pants. There you Just go. Just a t-shirt and uh, tiny genitals. That's, that's <laughs> what I was hoping for. Well, uh, John, where are you at, and did you have breakfast? I'm in Hueytown, Alabama. That's not and real. I, uh, had a ve- I had a hospital breakfast, which is uh-huh. uh, better than I expected in uh, Bessemer, Alabama, which is where the hospital I was at. But uh, it was it was pretty good. I've been through Bessemer. What what makes a pretty good hospital breakfast? Uh, I think it's basically come down to whether it has like a fast food joint inside of it, <laughs> and this one had Chick Fil A. So, wow! Oh. Touchdown, Tennessee. Yeah. Oh my. Or in don't, this case, yeah, Lord don't, Damn Eagle. Don't don't say Lord that too it. loud where you where you are. <laughs> Chuck, you have breakfast? Yeah, I uh, my friends did all go down to Bonnaroo. So I met them at the gas station for their farewell push-off. Brewsters? So, Chuck, no. should we update them on your yearly ticket saga? Man, every year I go to Bonnaroo, but every year, <laughs> two days before, I don't have a ticket. Right. Because well, you're looking for a, a, a hookup. I got a hookup. Generally. Right. I want, and and every, I, every year I have five tickets to Bonnaroo, and every year Chuck asks me for them after they're gone. Because yeah. every year I assume that Chuck has figured out uh-huh. to get his ticket or to ask me for a ticket and every year we do the same dance <laughs> like yeah and one of my best friends this is his second year djing at bonnaroo so yes. la- last minute you know you got to figure something out so i i don't even have a like a full weekend pass yet 
somebody's coming on Saturday. Has, and this friend has offered me tickets to Bonnaroo. Yeah. Yet is telling Chuck there is no ticket to Bonnaroo. Because everyone thinks they that I I'm I'm just going to get this, one. This <laughs> comes down to presentation. This is a, a a problem Chuck runs into everywhere in his life. It's it's the squeaky wheel. He's made it look too easy, so everyone assumes that it's easy. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. No, all this access it takes a hustle. The it's Chuck so much... lifestyle is not easy. No, 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 no. You don't want any part of this, guys. Listen to it, enjoy it, and stay away from it. But there's a lot of work that goes on behind this, man. But I, I, I'm going down. I think I have I have a, a pass for today and tomorrow. Yeah, you, you, you'll, you'll work it out from and there. And then I'll finesse it. And you will find Chris Bosch for the th- third year in a row? Or no. Who's just there the there one time? That one year. Oh, my. It was Chris incredible. Chris Long will be there. Him, Chris Long always goes. <laughs> it was him and McBob. Josh He's McRoberts. very woke. Who are, the, who are the NBA players this year that you're most likely to see at Bonnaroo? Hmm. Uh, J.R. Smith. <laughs> no, I think game game four is Sunday. Right? Uh, won't be a problem. Jr. I'm sticking with Jr. Smith. <laughs> if any Cavaliers are at Bonnaroo on on Friday or Saturday, please let the whole world know. Yeah, we need to bet these gambling lines. What if Clay Thompson just takes a little detour? Four twenty. You think Clay's Luke Walton's it? ever hit a Bonnaroo? I feel like I Luke think Walton he's done a Burning Man. Luke, Luke Walton's done Burning Man for sure. He's he's lost his face in some acid once. He could yeah. he could uh, Uber helicopter his way to Bonnaroo mm. just once. Check he, it out. Seems this like. year they have Uber pedicabs. Oh yeah, Bill I'm, Walton is in. Isn't the that going backwards right now? Uh, aren't we aren't we regressing? Bill Walton, what John? B- Bill Walton is in the comedy tent right now, rubbing Vicks VapoRub <laughs> on people's nipples. <laughs> Guaranteed. Love it. This That's is my first great. year not doing Bonnaroo in my ever since I've moved here. Yeah, and I never said what I ate, well, so you... I, I went to the gas station. And I got a bunch of gas station uh, goodies. I have a, uh, a a honey bun, and then two items that we will record and put on video that Keith's going to eat. Oh yeah, for our oh. Patreon supporters, oh. yeah. patreoncom break breakfast they were sweet chuck as all has sweet can bought be. me a little sweet breakfast that i'm gonna eat and uh give you guys a review yeah keith i've been i've been wanting to talk to you about us doing a sugarless sugar-free challenge sugar-free mm. summer i'm challenge. interested man I, I i like i read all I these articles about to help me quit the sugars yeah mm. i'll i'll do because it Let, I, that should I be our goal late in life sweet tooth that is crushing my soul it's getting me so bad honey buns are just like effortless now 50 cents yeah let's do it short for just a minute sure do you guys remember when the ringer did like a top 100 fast food items i do do you remember how bad it was? So bad. That's well, subjective. I don't know. Do you remember it, how? Do you remember what the lists. number one item is? Chick fil A waffle Chick-fil-A fries. fries were the one out of here. Okay, that's crazy. So I just ate Chick fil A with my whole family. Right. And my whole family were a bunch of disgusting trash per- personas. All of us know Chick fil A well enough that everyone got two biscuits or two sandwiches and skipped the fries. Of course. Always. That was six people. If six fast food aficionados. Skip the item that you've ranked as number one. That's not subjective. That is a wholesale failure. I agree. I feel like when I go to Chick Fil A, I get the fries. It's just filler. It's just mm-hmm. I, I need something else. How many? I'm not how, saying they're bad. How they're many just not chicken entrees do you get when you go to when you when you're ordering a meal for yourself at Chick Fil A? How many chicken entrees do you get for yourself? I get the same thing every time. Uh huh. Um, and I do consider myself an expert. I went to boarding school in Rome, Georgia, the home of Truett Cathy and the original Dwarf House. There you go. Uh, so I know many lives that have been saved and then ruined by Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and they were saved. Lord Almighty. And uh, 
I, so I always get a regular chicken sandwich. Right. Add American cheese. Oh. And mm. a spicy chicken sandwich. Yeah. Add American cheese. Do not do deluxe. That's a larger upcharge, and you really don't need lettuce and tomato on your Chick-fil-A sandwich. It kind of interferes with it. And then for sauce, I am a mayonnaise man. Oh, no. You oh. don't do the Chick-fil-A sauce? I don't. That, to me, that's good with the fries. But the you, are, fries. you are, John, two chicken entrees and fries or just no fries? No fries. Right. So, yeah, I get, I, I get either a regular sandwich or a spicy chicken sandwich. Uh, yeah. And then uh, either eight or 12-piece nuggets and then fries. So I'm always oh! I'm always a two entree and fries. That's great. Yeah, it's a good yeah, that, move. I mean that's a good one too because you can make one of those the meal and then grab the other on the side. I just get forty nuggets. Yeah, oh, just, I had a feeling. I had give a feeling me you all the nuggets. Out. Nuggets are so good. I just eat them like Skittles. If they're really funny, they 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 won't let you like if you could order. Like a catering order, if mm-hmm. you say I want hundred nuggets, they're like, "Hey, we need, we need, we need like an hour or two hours." But, or you could be like, "Okay, can I have five twenty nuggets?" And they're like, "Yes, absolutely." <laughs> Maybe this they have is... no issue with adding it up to hundred. You just right. can't say one hundred. Right. Maybe this is uh, my desperation to not talk about this series, but I am going to talk about something I saw at the Chick Fil A. What is that? Uh, I saw a probably closer to my own age than I'd care to admit, man interviewing for a job at chick-fil-a <laughs> and boy that's a harrowing uh, thing to overlook i actually over was here. at a chick-fil-a two days ago the oldest person in charge was 16 yeah the man the manager was 16 i'm like i they, think that guy is in charge they and, then there's, and then there's like 71 year old guys named oswald like shuffling around getting refills <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah taking I like that. orders well my my breakfast uh i actually didn't eat any actual food i just had colangelo tears <laughs> Just Colangelo <laughs> tears for breakfast. Breaking news: Colangelo, Brian Colangelo is gone. Mm, mission accomplished. An incredible saga, uh, over a week long saga. We didn't even get a chance to like podcast no. about it. Like There's so much, no, we, we kind of wanted to podcast early in the week, and then we ended up not being able to. And then, and then it, it just stretched on and on. And I mm. thought he was still going to be employed as we recorded, but as we sat down in front of the microphones, he's finally fired. The the report of the law firm who I think just copied all of Twitter's work, <laughs> like Sixers Twitter. Shout out uh, at Leg Sanity who pieced together a lot of this stuff. Like they pieced together that it was Colangelo's wife who operated the quote unquote burner accounts. She admitted to it as such, but also deleted her phone. Mm-hmm. Like she did a hard reset on her iPhone, so there could be no uh, no forensic evidence. Colangelo maintains innocence and mm-hmm. ignorance of anything that she said, but because it was sensitive information, like that they had to, they had to go separate ways. So yeah. uh, NBA Twitter pretty much broke that. Uh, I drank those tears up for breakfast. We you might talk about it more later. I don't know. Okay. What's dinner like at the uh, Colangelo? Uh, right now. Icy silence. Mm-hmm. I believe tonight will be icy silence. Yeah. This is some Lester Burnham American Beauty throw the asparagus against the wall type. Remember when Jesse Pinkman came to eat at Walter White's house? Yeah. Yes, that I sounds, do. That, that sounds good. Dinner. I mean, or it's also her taking the fall because I feel like there were some of those tweets that were really. Um, specific about like old NBA trades and I was right. like I don't think <laughs> you she know would care I don't, I don't want to generalize women or wives for not knowing the details of very old NBA trades you know what this is but what is it this is Karen flushing the coke 
Oh, yeah. This is what it you is. You flushed the car. Karen! Why yeah. did you do that? Why did you do that? That's uh, what it is. She's taking the fall. It feels very, very Cosa Nostra. It feels it's like... It's so weird because she was... It's like in some ways she was being a good wife, and then in mm-hmm. other ways she was being the worst possible wife. Yeah, no, it just feels very, you know... It feels like what a, you know, your, your down-ass chick does. She's just like, yeah, I did it. It was me. Yeah, and I reset my phone so you can't tell if I did or didn't do it. It isn't to hide what she typed. It's to show that... He wasn't the one using it. Well, Colangelo's never going to work again. No. Oh. I mean, in the NBA. underestimated the good old boy network. Well, and that's it, though. His name he'll is his name. He'll probably coach the next dream team. Yeah, he'll, <laughs> he'll, he'll probably be given a, a like, $2 million a year Team USA consultation. He's, yeah. He's going to head the uh, gambling division of the NBA. I am, I am sad on a couple reasons. The, the whatever, the schadenfreude element of watching Sixers fall apart mm-hmm. where like they the, the NBA put this family in charge the Colangelo's it was clearly nepotism they tried to argue it wasn't nepotism and then I wanted to see what Colangelo would do yeah they have cap space they're like one of the big dominoes that has to fall for this off season mm-hmm. and I wanted Colangelo to screw it up really badly yeah even though I feel sad for Patreon supporter Patrick oh. who is the, I think the, the best Sixers fan he I know is he he's hates incredible. Colangelo and he's like rightfully you know he, he he's so he's so upset about it all so he's happy this is getting best, resolved uh, but Sixers fan is uh like uh very certainly Ben Dietrich oh <laughs> and it is funny that Ben Dietrich who absolutely you you, you were right about this a couple weeks ago John his deep smoky raspy voice was one of the <laughs> biggest surprises about the Colangelo case <laughs> just based on his his like one vaguely stupid uh Twitter avatar right I was like oh He's got a very manly voice. So yeah, this his podcast tour was like uh, just amazing. It was like a, a Simpson sister, Marge Simpson sisters, <laughs> just on the uh, talking to like Chris Ryan for an hour. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know, a guy reached out to me, said he was in uh, <laughs> artificial intelligence. Well, the, the, the best, the best story is still who is who is the deep throat. Yeah, who is the Twitter user that reached out with the story of I was running some AI programs. It was Bill Simmons. I think he's the only one that has the cash to. to Sam, fu- he's I, I, got a, a a farm in the Ukraine of people hacking accounts, so he can get. I don't. Th- I don't think Ringer has that much cash. It was Peter. It was Peter Thiel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but then okay, so the Ringer lets this information out, right? Yeah. Then Colang- ruins the Sixers free agency. C- c- well, not yet. Not yet. Cuts off. Might have, might have saved the Sixers free agency. Cuts off Colangelo's head. Uh, Colangelo, they they replace him with somebody who knows what he's doing. LeBron shows up in Philly, and Bill Simmons has to cry forever. Uh, breaking statement, Brian Colangelo says, I vigorously dispute the allegation that my conduct was in any way reckless. At no point did I ever purposefully or directly share any sensitive, non-public, club-related information with her. My wife mm. has ruined me. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I added that last part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, li- I, I like my, my, I like the theories. Well, I should actually save them. Let's move to our, uh, <laughs> finally get to our breakfast in bed apologies after our breakfasts. Uh, this is our chance to make right what we might have gotten wrong on any previous episodes. 
Does anyone have anything they need to apologize for? So last week we talked about uh, the, the Golden State Warriors and how many Hall of Famers they had, and we got into a very deep discussion. Have two obvious Ooh, Hall of Famers. Surface level. Surface yeah. level. <laughs> you know, as deep as we get. Two uh, obvious first ballot Hall of Famers in uh, Steph Curry and KD. Um, and then we talked about Iguodala and Clay Thompson. We never even said Draymond Green's name. Well, in I that think discussion. By, it was implied. When I, when I, I think said we implied. Four, I felt like Draymond was implied. Right. Right. I but just is tried he? to keep his name out my mouth. Is he? No, it's a It's for sure. It, I mean, when we when we when we decided on there are four future Hall of right. Famers on Golden State, it was implied. But actually, a few people pointed out. Chuck thought I was talking about Jordan Bell. Yeah, you guys never explicitly said David West. Yeah, David I West. would give it to him just to keep him happy. Well, never my, read the comments, Keith. Never read the comments. <laughs> <laughs> my apology is the parish curse might have reared Ooh. its ugly head. It had been dormant for a little bit, but. Um, on my post I put on thestepback.com about my podcast with Joey Devine, I was just, I really played up the whole everyone wants, the Warriors fans all want Steph Curry to win MVP. And more than that, I think he has it wrapped up. Like his, yeah. his first two games were so good. And the collective weight of, the, of the narrative of what I think everyone wanted and sports writers wanted meant he was a slam dunk MVP, finals MVP, but he fell flat on his face in game he'll three. Win a, he'll win an award, all right. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I believe I have Genius Curry once again, who will now be the catalyst of the Warriors turnaround from league laughing stock to, you know, top dynasty, one of best teams maybe ever. And yet they look like they're going to have three titles in four years and he will not have won the finals MVP any of those years. Uh, so I apologize for jinxing. So what, what's going to be Skip Bayless's narrative there, or the Bay- Baylissian? Uh, that LeBron sucks. Right. No, but about Steph, what's his narrative? You know, since he, didn't, he never won the, the finals MVP. Something to do with how the races should never mix. <laughs> <laughs> John, you have anything you need to atone for? Uh, mine kind of ties into yours. Uh, so I've been traveling mostly alone, which in an effort to stay awake has led to many basketball podcasts being listened to. So stand by for Regurgitation Station. But uh, basically every podcast sounds exactly the same right now. <laughs> and everyone is making the same points. And I apologize for us also doing that. And I'll do a little rendition here. It basically goes like this. It's, hey, Danny, we are basically all the Warriors fans want Steph to win the MVP. So he will most likely. Also, I think we can safely say that this series is over. Danny, stop, Danny. Daisy, (laughs) Daisy. (laughs) I mean, it's just kind of an endless cacophony of the same points being made over and over again, but there really isn't, you have to dig so deep this time of year. Yeah. I, mean, I, I will say if you, if you need a break from the finals uh, regurgitation, I really enjoyed the super hoopers covering the Colangelo saga. Oh my God. Very, very fun. Those guys are so great. Very, 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 very good stuff. Although we have Twitter beef. Oh yeah. Well, Chuck has Twitter beef with super. Just hoopers. with them. Oh, nice. All right. Well, all right, those were our breakfast in bed. Apologies. After our breakfast and bed apologies, before we get to our steak and eggs, we have a few listener-submitted questions. The croissant questionnaire. Any questions? 
Yes. Are you going to finish that croissant? Knock yourself out. We never talk about how great that song is. Good song. Such a good song. Thank you, Internet, for letting us take it. I I forget where I got it, where I saw it, and then I was like, this has to be for us. Is that that Arthur? uh, I don't know. I I forget. I can look it up. No, I don't know. Anyway. Something weird. Mike Moore and Arthur? Mike asks, (laughs) try to debunk this theory. This is the end of game one of the finals. JR did not know the score. He just thought they were... Oh, JR did know mm-hmm. the score. He just thought they were on defense, so when he grabs the rebound, he sprinted towards the opposite basket until James started shouting and pointing him in the right direction. He didn't know the score is actually a cover-up for the real gaff. Can we debunk that theory? What does he think? He thinks JR thought he was on defense and needed to bring the ball down back to score. J.R. Smith very clearly turns to LeBron James and says, I thought we were ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say it's debunked. But I, I did get the idea when he took off running, <clears throat> he was going in the wrong direction. I also, um, I will say, I, I think, agree with Mike. I had that same inclination, like, oh, no, I think he's going the wrong way. Right. I, I think more likely he uh, thought that the Warriors were going to call a timeout or something. Like, he, he was so shocked to have the ball in his hands. Because he, he's this like, is all right, this it, is an 80% free throw shooter. The Warriors are going to call a timeout as soon as they get the ball. When Kevin Durant doesn't box out at all, continuing his terrible game for him, which is why the MVP conversation is still kind of fascinating, that he's so confused when he has the ball, he just wants to get away from humanity. Yeah, I, I think we can debunk it based on that lip reading, based on the anger in, in that huddle after after the, the video of the, the angry huddle. After regulation, my goodness! I just think maybe we didn't say I thought I thought we were ahead. Maybe he said, "Don't you know I'm a pothead?" Uh, yeah, yeah. He said, "I bought a bed." Mm-hmm. He said, oh, okay. "I'm gonna." Get, I bought a bed. He's like, "I'm finna you get some head." You try to get head. the pipe. Give me some head. Right. Uh, yeah. We, we both did that, John. Yeah. But you went to the pipe route. I like that. He uh, was just. He just had Hennessy on his mind. He was trying to go to the party. He was trying to go party. It's Oakland. All right. Next, trying to get this faced. Next question from Ham Sinky. I don't know who that is. Uh, hey, Patreon guys, you can change your handles. I don't like it. Yeah. I can't keep track of who you people are. If yeah. You change your handles. Ooh, who's I, the like, one? Like, I learn, I, I feel like I've learned who yeah, our Patreon is. He's Ham now. <laughs> He's Ham Sinky forever. Sinky. All right. Ham Sinky asks Did Hinky make burner accounts that would trace back to Colangelo? This is the Was Colangelo framed by Sam Hinky? Once more, <laughs> we're giving Sam Hinky too much credit. <laughs> If there is a person that could have framed Colangelo, who's uh, internet savvy and smart enough to play this kind of game, it would be uh, Joel Embiid. Right, right. right. 100%. This is the theory that I wanted to happen. I want the the myth of Sam Hinkie to grow, that he spent years running burner accounts to frame uh, Brian Colangelo. Keith, how, many bur- how many burners you got rolling right now? How many now? burners do I have rolling right now? Well, it depends on your definition of burner. Mm-hmm. How many Twitter accounts do I have the login for? Like right. already saved on my phone? Eighteen. Uh, yeah. Wow. Isn't that a 21? way to get your your tw- all the pieces fit? Isn't that the way to get your Twitter check? Is by having people burn like make fake accounts of yours 
and then you oh, go, hey, they may I fake it to accounts. We have, about that. we have to get, get verified. on that, Keith. We need that check. Yeah, yeah we need that, that check. Need that check John, bad. you've got like an agent. Talk to him. They know people at Twitter. She hates me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean, I, I have various accounts that I operate that are, that are public. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I have a couple of accounts that are, are legit burner accounts um, <sighs> that, like, I, I, you know, I wanted to infiltrate Memphis Twitter. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, without that Nashville uh, albatross hanging around my neck. Yeah. So who is your favorite of your burners? Do you have, like, uh, Zebo Jr. or anything like that? No, I mean, I can't. I mean, I'm. I can't tell you what the burners are. Right. Oh, okay. And they're not burners. I made the joke on Twitter. I have many, many burner accounts. They do not follow the same people. They do not follow each other, but they all say bad things about Chris Wallace. <laughs> so I think. I think an intrepid reporter. I think Sixers Twitter could may- maybe track me down. Right. And be like, these accounts are making a lot of the same very salient points about Chris Wallace. <laughs> all right. Finally, Keith Parrish asks. Why isn't there a third place game? Would two hundred thousand yeah. each for the winners and a hundred thousand each for the losers be a viable plan for a third place NBA game? No. I want to see the Rockets and Celtics play. Uh, to quote, just for fun. To quote Ricky Bobby, "If you're not first, you're last." <laughs> so no, we don't need that. It's a. It, it would just. It would be fun to watch. It'd just be a fun entertainment thing. Yeah. And I'm, what's what's the price point? Where it would be worth it to the players. I feel like most of these players would be like, I will definitely yeah. play a basketball game for $100,000. Right. Uh, and like, what's the expenditure for the TV to make their money back? It right. seems like this would be a moneymaker. And it would provide a modicum of closure on what could be like a crazy ending to the season. Yeah. Because if we go, okay, if the Celtics took Houston to seven games, yeah, then maybe the East was better than we thought. It, you know, and but if the if Houston it, wipes like the floor with the Celtics, it would like create, yeah, you know, you'd have a whole nother, you know, there'd be more stuff to talk about. It would create so many talking, points. and we need more stuff to talk about. This is four years of Kate of uh, the Warriors. We've you never know. discussed a different finals. What? Uh, <laughs> what? Are, what, what I, mean, like, I don't understand. What are the drawbacks? James Harden doesn't want to choke right. in another game. Somebody doesn't want to get injured in a game that doesn't Basketball. really matter. Well, it's, it's I'm just money. giving. We're yeah, doing. Yeah. I don't really have anything else to add, but to quote Mike Honcho, and I do mean spread. I pulled my butt apart and everything, <laughs> but I don't really have anything else to add to the, that uh, that soccer esque idea. That I usually like soccer things. Mm-hmm. I've always loved promotion and relegation. What about yeah? Rele- relegation would be great. Well, that's that's obviously impossible to implement. Why a yes. third place game? Why is it Probably impossible. impossible to implement? Why is it impossible? It's impossible to implement. We could just it would change take a lot of how, how the G League. The the value of these teams, if you're getting people to buy in for two and a half billion dollars mm-hmm. yeah. and be like, oh, there's a risk you might go I down. Mean, no, yeah. they're, they're, Can they're you buying that they in. They do it of, in soccer. It, it is mind blowing. Well, guess what? But it's, it's, it's already been established. If you yeah. if you uh, buy a two billion dollar business and they're the worst in their uh, perspective, uh, you know, professions, you're probably not going to make money. Well, that's, so, not how, that's not how America works. Well, I know we need to stop <laughs> protecting these dumb billionaires. I mean, if, if the MLS won't even do it. I know. And the MLS has like now like 30 teams right. in the MLS. It seems obvious they, they would be the, I don't know, it's just not part. I, I feel like it's a thing it, that it would, it's cool. It would increase competitiveness. All this nonsense it of would, It has to go back to like feudal times, Stephen. No, it I would tried still. To do it, I tried to do it in a fantasy league and we couldn't make it work. It mm. would still, <laughs> you, would get cap, you would get capitalists coming in, buying up like the Grizzlies, 
finding a way to Dismantle sell them for them. parts mm-hmm. and make money and then crush the team and then they'd be relegated. Right. I, I feel like I, I wouldn't trust our world. Are we sure world that's not already over. happening? Uh, well, no, 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 we are not. But it's just, just because there's a monopoly on the sport by mi- by billionaires. You know, in, in Europe, for soccer, they have certain cities have four or five soccer teams, and they support them, and they do okay. But these guys want to make all the money and put well, out a crappy that product. Make any sense because they again, these are you have all these oligarchs buying these English soccer teams. Yeah, but they're just doing it to make money. They're not doing it out Manchester of the goodness of their heart. Has multiple Manchester's tiny and it has multiple right. teams, established brands. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, why What's couldn't a... Atlanta have two teams since the Hawks suck? Because Atlanta can't support sport. <laughs> yeah, because, because they, 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 yeah, they can't true. support one NBA team. <laughs> that's true. All right. Well, those were our croissant questionnaires. Uh, if you want to submit your own question, you have to become a Patreon supporter. You can do that at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. Join there, and you get access to exclusive bonus content. We put up some bonus audio. We got a bonus food video coming a little bit later. Uh, and the very popular $3 a month Slack chat, where you can talk about whatever you want around the clock with me and John and Chuck. So if you want to submit your own question in the Croissant Questionnaire and support the program and get access to bonus content, patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. One more time, patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. All right, steak and eggs, best thing. What's the best thing since we lost, since we last saw each other? So the best thing is the way the this series has played out for the Cavs is ki- kind of similar to the way the Raptors series played out for them. You know, it was a weird overtime loss, game one. Uh, game two was a bad loss. Game three was a crunch time dagger, you know. And it was it's played out the same way, and I think the series is going to end it. The very, same a way. very mirror. You think it's going to be a, a complete fall apart? Oh yeah. There's going to be no weird game four rally for the gentleman's sweep. Nope. This is going to be nope. Nope. LeBron's Ron. unceremonious exit. Cavs fans exiting the building in the middle of the third, fourth quarters. LeBron we've, wants to we've go. We slipped home. into like a shattered mirror version of my worst, which was going to be that this is last year's series exactly. Mm-hmm. Kind of down yeah. to down to LeBron's throw it off the backboard dunk on the so running fling. I mean, the, the difference last year, games one and two were not competitive. Every right. game of this series has been competitive. Yeah, it has like, been. It's, uh, been. it's been a great series. One, game two didn't feel competitive to me. It, man, I it know was, it was, I mean, towards the end, it got bad. I mean, it was like a it was like a seven-point game, you know, like, on. I think they got within five in the fourth quarter. Right. Like, it was competitive, and then obviously Steph Curry set the NBA Finals record for threes made. And the most, were, the, the quietest, sneakiest record-breaking performance ever. And uh, and then <laughs> you know Kevin Durant played an incredible game. So like, man, it, you know it, it wasn't a nail biter, but it, again, it definitely fit my. That was competitive, yeah. and it was incredibly entertaining because yeah. of all the threes and the that step back. I don't think that any craziness. of the games have been like yawners. Not They've at been, all. You know, going down to close to the fourth quarter to figure it out. That's the super frustrating thing. I mean, every like the easy joke is be like, "Oh, y'all, we get the same thing again." Mm-hmm. And the Cavs are getting beat up. The sad thing to me is this Cavs team is not one of the better Cavs teams we've had, and they have been so close right. to winning two games. But, and if they just even got more contributions, if, if even LeBron played better, like mm-hmm. games two and three, LeBron, those were not good games for him. Yeah, relatively, like yeah. he wasn't hitting his shots, and so. Um, that part's frustrating, where it's like, this Warriors team, as if they are an all-time great, they have looked mortal, 
but we haven't gotten it. And right. everyone's going to remember it's 3-0, eh, and then they're going to talk about how it was uncompetitive. But it the, has been competitive. It has been. But the, the despite the, Jordan Clarkson, the beauty of of and Gold, the refs. Uh, yeah, the, <laughs> the beauty of the, the the Warriors and what kind of leaves them in that next level is while they have obviously the better talent, they never beat themselves. It's the idiot plays, the J.R. Smithian plays that the, you you go, okay, they never make those. No, no. one on that team makes a Jordan dumb. Bell tries to make he them. He does. JaVale McGee tries to make them, but they don't give less them, and less. Yeah, but they don't give them the, the you know, rope to, to do that. I mean, they're on a that's tight right. Leash. But, like, even, you know, Steph and Clay don't hit any of their shots. Right. And then Durant has one of the all-time games. Mm-hmm. It's just frustrating. Um, it's, Rodney Hood makes best. all the gaffes down there. Uh, My best is the sheer schadenfreude of the refs trying to do that, like NBA Twitter thing during the game that the refs actually were the worst. Yeah. Well, no, no. So that's funny, John. So that actually ties into. I was going to talk about this as well. So the NBA Twitter account, the NBA referee Twitter account, like was going to live tweet Game Three and provide explanations for the for like controversial calls. I think it went pretty well for the referees on Twitter. Like, well, I, it was like people had decided. I get, and this ties back into my every podcast saying the same thing because every podcast I listened to, literally all of them, took the standpoint the officiating has not been bad. Right. Oh, that's Even cool. I, I didn't know other people were doing that. Yeah, it's every single one. I was trying to and, go against the flow by doing that. And then, I, I mean, I honestly believe it. I think that's the nature of podcasting. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but so, as it turns out, I think that resulted in, because I thought the officiating in last night's game was horrendous and cost the Cavs any chance of winning. I said this in our Slack. Game three was by far the worst officiated game to me, and Twitter was not outraged. Yeah, like right. the timeline, everyone's not outraged, and I just don't, I, I don't get it. So I've been. So lo- it was like everyone got ashamed of getting so worked up about the the refs, and everyone got sunned and shamed on their favorite podcasts. I think that's so good. Everyone decided, okay, I'm not going to whine about the refs anymore. And then the refs made the uh, the the Golden State Lane a no fly zone. Yeah. Like Where if you went in there, you were getting destroyed. It was the DMZ. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, and so, and I was trying to like explain um, some people I was I was texting with that, you know, obviously the Warriors more talented, better team, but the Cavs were aggressively attacking the rim, feel it, um, figuring they had an advantage inside the paint, and with LeBron James they definitely do, but the way the refs called the game where it was just like a free for all, and LeBron was getting killed on all these drives, he didn't shoot any free throws in the first half, right? Which again we always point out, just just citing a free throw stat is meaningless, mm-hmm. but. I will say him driving, getting hit, and then not getting rewarded, right. that makes it too hard. And then the Warriors, if they realize they're not getting calls going to the rim, they have other options, which is just let fly from three. And, and like they were destroying the Cavs, like trying to trap, and like they were getting easier buckets. And the game was still super close despite all that, despite the ref not getting the Cavs to the line. Um, that it did feel like, again, as much as I am like team ref and I try to almost always argue like why the refs did fine. Oh, once you that, put on them gang colors, them stripes, you can't, t- you know, you haven't been jumped out, Keith. You're that's still right, a that's ref. Right, that's right. But I still, I, I said watching this game to my television, like, like that's not a foul, like way more in game three than <laughs> any other, like the, the way they were getting clobbered. Mm-hmm. But again, I really actually like what the refs did on Twitter, despite the fact it opened them up to obvious, obvious negative comments. Like they would explain a, in any controversial call. Like there was the one where LeBron James just trucked Steph Curry and they call it a charge and they changed it to a block on Steph Curry. 
the, the referee account explained what happened. Like, the trail guy saw this. He thought the contact was first. He called it. Like, you could disagree with their explanation because a lot of it is, oh, those are two MVPs colliding in the lane. It's a murky area. Right. So you could disagree with what they said. If what they said makes you angry, you're the problem. Stop mm-hmm. tweeting. <laughs> well, um, Do well, a little meditation. What's, what's, What's interesting to me about the entire refereeing argument is because the, the officiating is so poor during the season with regards to superstars. And um, now when the superstars, when you get to the finals and the semifinals, it's all superstars. So it gets really hard to see, like, who's going to get the calls anymore. And, and, and the, the, to me, the change in officiating is startling when you get, when you get this far in. Because right. you get used to one thing, and suddenly everything has changed. Have you seen the news? I don't know if you saw this while you had to travel, John. Probably have you not. seen the news that they are going did to have... Did it concern Alabama football? I did not see it. <laughs> uh, a challenge flag for coaches. They're going, it, the, the G League has been doing this. They're going Hold to ex- on. I'm going to pull into this garage, attach a pipe from the tailpipe of my car <laughs> uh, into the cracked window and close the garage. You need yeah. a bottle of Xanax. So NBA Summer League will have, coaches will have a challenge flag to challenge mm. calls so, but what kind of okay? Calls? I'm into this just because think of Quinn Snyder's face as he thieves that into the mm. heavens. Why, well, which, which coach is going to be the worst at challenging calls? Tom Thibodeau, <laughs> Tom Thibodeau, or Doc Rivers? I yeah, think are, oh, are, Doc are Rivers. Yeah, Tom Thibodeau is going to wrap it around a computer screen and throw it through a window. Who is going to be the first coach to strike a referee with the flag? Uh, hmm, Doc Rivers. Yeah, I could see that. Do you yeah. think Doc Rivers will actually cry into his challenge flag? <laughs> Which coach will be the first one to do a Randy Moss pretend I'm pooping at Lambeau <laughs> and squat and drop the flag between his legs? It, yeah. Who's gonna have the best David Fisdale? The who's gonna have the best like finesse move to like drop it just like indiscriminately in disgust? Well, Jason Popovich, Kidd right? is no longer employed, but give <laughs> give the Grizzlies time. I could see, uh, I could see. I Luke Walton going to use it as a spanker chip. Who's going to be the spanker chip man? <laughs> I could see Mike Giles Malone would be my guy. I could see Mike Malone finally snapping and doing the poop move, right? As his final, <laughs> as his final fer- farewell to their Nuggets and their very mediocre New Jerseys. Mm-hmm. Is uh, fashion icon Dave Yeager going to have like a, a pocket square version? Oh, that'd be incredible. If he sticks with his his his, <laughs> his makeover, my hey, my best thing is Chandler Parsons getting that blood work in Germany, baby. Ooh, Grizzlies wee. are back. Spin that blood, boy. On his Instagram story, just showing that he's in Dusseldorf, uh, getting that blood work. Are we sure he's not in Dusseldorf just getting his shiza work in? Mm-hmm. I love that poop stuff. It's weird in Germany. This could just be a sex thing. Keith. Yeah, he's in Berlin at some weird leather club. Could be. I mean, he is off the market, apparently, With as a, far as dating. You know, yeah. he's a serious what? girlfriend. Oh, that's when you get freaky. That's when you buy a chin dildo. Oh, God. A chill dough. Mm. Got me. No. <laughs> chill dough. <laughs> Made me sick. <laughs> just... <laughs> So, John, you're you're not you're are you buying in uh, with a little little platelet rich plasma therapy? Uh, we can get we can get fifty five games. I mean, it seems <laughs> out of old Cancun. It honestly seems more likely he's just you know touring sex clubs. No, yeah, <laughs> no I doubt. don't see 
nothing Chandler Parsons has done has given me confidence. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, sp- speaking of the Grizzlies, we do need to announce uh, we are hosting party. we are hosting a NBA draft party. It is Grizzlies themed since we will be giving away Grizzlies prizes. Mm-hmm. But obviously, any NBA fan in Nashville, once again, we will be back at the mainstay uh, for the NBA draft. It's Thursday, June twenty first, two weeks from today, from six to nine p.m. We will have the two-for-ones working on beer and well drinks. So come out for a few hours, hang out with us, and watch the NBA draft and see how the Grizzlies uh, fall apart there. John, are you seeing continued updated mock drafts with Luka Doncic falling to the Grizzlies? Is this oh, just a torture? energy, Keith, because my best thing is exactly that. Mm. Oh, nice. It's a combination of things. I'm loving the Kings to me, it sounds like are going to reach for Bagley. That seems like something stupid to do that I predicted would happen. Uh, and then I'm just liking the Grizzlies' choices at their spot now, especially if it's Doncic, which I, I will barely be able to con- control my glee. Uh, what about then, Mo they, Bamba? <laughs> He's faster than Russell Westbrook. They ah, had him in the combine. He's one of the fastest I players know, ever. Mo- uh, an interesting stat about Mo Bamba, though. Uh, he sucks at basketball. Sweet. <laughs> I've been diving in pretty hardcore trying to learn about these these top prospects. The funniest thing, as someone who obviously does not know anything about college basketball or these prospects, is everything I hear about Marvin Bagley, I don't understand why he's projected to be drafted high. All I hear is people saying bad things about him. I hear things like Wendell Carter, like he seems like he'll be good, maybe an Al Horford type, or Mikhail Bridges is like the unique like wing defender, three point shooter every team wants to have. Marvin Bagley, however, is projected to go way over him, and everyone's like, "Yeah, I don't see what his role is going to be. It's like a it's like an old power forward role, and those right. don't succeed anymore." Why Why John is Marvin Bagley projected to go so high over these other guys who everyone probably because he was the best college basketball player last year. Yeah. That's probably why I'm, I'm doing this mock draft with the step back and I did draft Marvin Bagley just out of pure ignorance. I tried so hard to trade the pick uh, and then I drafted Marvin Bagley and now I have just regrets. I'm almost like I wish I would have reached for like a Trey Young. I know he can I, mean, dri- I know he can dribble and shoot. I understand why there's trepidation surrounding Marvin Bagley um, because he wasn't asked to play defense. So we don't know if he plays defense. Yeah. So that's weird. Because he was basically relied on to run the offense, and to, and to he was the Duke offense. Uh, so we don't really know what his game is for. Like, likely what is the most important part of his game at the NBA level? Because I mean, if he can't if he can't play defense, he's in trouble. Which I think is the big problem with almost all of these uh, big prospects is the lack of defense, except for the. Um, uh, Jackson, we don't really have have a, an elite defender amongst the groups. Yeah. So I mean, and to me, that's like the scariest thing. This is a, a weird and scary draft to me. And the only the only prospect I really love is Doncic, just because when you have the opportunity to draft someone who's the best there ever has been at something. Yeah. Why not do that? Yeah. I, and I'm just more. I, I become convinced listening to people. I'm just more of I want to have someone who can dribble, pass, and shoot. There it Period. is. Boom. And yeah. like I would read like Trey Young can dribble pass and shoot. He might be too small. Right. He's he is bigger than Damon Stoudemire was. But mm. like he's still so small. I would almost rather risk having someone that we're pretty sure can do those things as opposed to like, oh, he's a big guy who can score. I mean, it's he like, led eh. the country in scoring and assists. I mean, yeah. It seems like there would be something I mean, he is really small. 
and who knows if he'll be able to get the rim at this level. But it does seem like, you know, if if people were willing to take chances on Jimmer Fredette and the likes, Trey Young, you should be be willing to take a bigger chance on. I got a question. Uh, who's this guy, Shy Gil- Gilgius Alexander? Who's that guy? He's a Kentucky player, I have no right? Shy, S H A I, like the R and B Shy Shy, like the R and B band from the nineties. I will. I want the Grizzlies to draft him just so that every time he plays, they can play. If I ever fall in love again. I heard of a guy on the other uh, shout out podcast, the Round Ball Rock podcast. Shout out. Telling me about a guy, a Shake Milton, who might be available for the Ooh. Grizzlies in the second round. Are you round? guys just making up names? No. To to give me, ball for this give me a guy named Shake Milton. All day. How is he not good at basketball? Yeah, this shy guy. I don't want no fly guy. I just want a shy guy. I mean, people might be upset about <laughs> Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba, one of the greatest names I've ever heard. I yeah. am fine with the Grizzlies. Uh, officially, fine with the Grizzlies getting Mo Bamba because uh, of the incredible name. Hey, a, a little d- a little deeper into this Grizzlies epilogue that we've stuck in the middle of this show. John, in this fake draft, I did some bold things with the Grizzlies' second-round pick. I sh- rearranged the deck chairs on the Titanic. I saw this. I, <laughs> I traded Chandler Parsons and Ben McLemore in the, in the 32nd pick. Uh got rid of those terrible contracts and turned them into guys who also have not good contracts, but yeah. I think we'll be able to play basketball. Kent Bazemore and Miles Plumley. I think this is a realistic Chris Wallace-esque move. I think this could get the Grizzlies into the seven seed. Let me set the scene for you, Keith. Yeah. You walk into your bathroom, you brush your teeth, you start washing your face, you go down, you splash the water on your face once, you look up, oh, it's your face. You splash the water down, you look up, oh, it's your face, there's still some bubbles on it. Need to get the need to get this soap off your face. You go down, you rub the you splash the water on your face, you look up, it's Chris Wallace's face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you are Chris Wallace. I think that was I think that was the final scene of face off you just described. Yeah. Exactly. Um yeah, Don't like, give this man any more drugs. <laughs> I kind of like it because it gives the Grizzlies a starter in Kent Bazemore, who is oh. average. Just average. <laughs> and, 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 his, and, and, and both of their contracts are up in two years, which is, you know, when Gasol's and Parsons will be up as long as Gasol opts in after next year. So it's God like, help me. He's 20. I think I'd rather have Chandler Parsons. He's, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Just the, uh, the, uh, the unknown is more intriguing to me than Kent Bazemore. Then the mediocrity. I want to see what he found in those uh, chin clubs. <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> I need to know if there's something there. I, kn- I know all Kent Bazemore brings to me is incredible towel waving, which he won't even be able to wave the towel. Yeah, because he'll be playing 30 minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> all right, well, let's. Oh, let's- here's another thing about the draft. Like, all these, like, I, another thing I want to take Doncic or Trey Young or something is like, these giant guys, like they're only going to play like twenty minutes a game. Yeah, I definitely right. heard so much about NBA. that. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't seem great. Well, that's give me move. a lottery pick that plays thirty minutes a game from Jump Street. I don't, I don't want any like Markel Fultz. I don't right. want any sinners. I don't want anything like any that. Joel Embiid's. Let's uh, let's oh. move to our worst of weeks. <laughs> the opposite of steak and eggs is the cream of wheat. Worst of weeks. What's the worst thing you saw? Oh well, I, I mentioned earlier my my worst of the week is just. The, you know, looking back into this finals and literally seeing plays that I saw last year happen again and the same result. Like when LeBron James did that dunk off the off the glass, I was like, 
didn't this happen last year? Exactly. <laughs> didn't this happen last? So I go and I go to ESPN.com and sure enough, they have the play side, you know, back to back. It's the same exact play both times with Kevin Durant running away from it, you know, <laughs> making the business decision. It's just like, Oh, it, oh God, it. time, time is a construct. We are not moving. There's been no progress. <laughs> you know, it's just like, I, it's not good for me. It's not good for me right now. Falling under the uh, time as a flat circle deja vu argument, uh, this year's Deron Williams has been played by Kyle Korver, who, <laughs> who is now one for 10 Man. in this series. That, that's kind of my worst thing, like just not hitting shots. Well, I guess dub- doubly. Uh, Kyle Korver, one for 10, not hitting his shots, just makes me sad because they desperately need him to hit shots. Also, my worst thing, I think, is Rodney Hood, the whole Rodney Hood debacle, debacle if you will. The debacle. One, he played pretty good on offense in game three. Terrible on defense. He was so bad on defense. He might have cost them the game at the end on defense. My worst thing specifically is you you put this guy on the shelf. Yeah. He was on the shelf. Mm -hmm. Now you take him off the shelf and you're like, you're closing the game. Right. Like now he suddenly, he went from unplayable to finishing the game. Like, I don't know, part of me wants to slightly compliment Tyrone Lou. like, hey, good job getting Ronnie Hood back out there. But the obvious answer is, why wasn't why, he playing? What took you so long? Why well, don't we have a rotation? Because he refused to enter a game earlier yeah. in the playoffs. Why did Jordan Clarkson get unending amounts of awful shot selection minutes? T- Tyrone Lou, I thought, had like this amazing first half in game three and then just undid all of it in the second half. Yeah. Oh, he, well, he, like, wasn't, he wasn't getting to the line, John. No. He, he had to adjust. No. <laughs> I mean, well, I guess that's true, calls. but they only gave the – Kevin Love only got fed three times in the second half. That's Kevin nuts. Love was having a great first oh, half. Oh, he was having – Kevin Ke- Love is great. Kevin Love looked like his thumbs worked again. He was actually grabbing rebounds in traffic and, and, and getting the putbacks. And, and I know I'm saying Tyron Lue. I mean, this might just be LeBron's fault because LeBron, as soon as he was giving the ball to people, was asking for it back in the second half every single time. Well, so he he really wanted everything in the second half. Yeah, I think his plan for his legacy is to go out with, you know, triple doubles, crazy stat lines, and he has to win game four or he's swept in two finals and he can't be that. Those those will forever tarnish his record. He can do a a gentleman's sweep, but if you get swept in the finals, you just he knows what legacy means. He has to win a game. So I'd expect him to go for 60 and then he can always look at the uh, you know, at the record, what he scored and his stats in those games, they go, "Hey, I tried. Look at my garbage team and what they did." You know his his over. I think his over under, his prop bet over under for combined points, assists, and rebounds in Game Three, I think it was fifty seven. Yeah, yeah. So, so so him going a forty eight and nine doesn't get it done for right. that bet. Right. It's insane. Which is, I mean, it's hovered around 55 and a half for most of the playoffs. Yeah. That is bonkers. He's he's an incredible player and a force, but yeah, that team is garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if they would have kept mean, IT, where would they be? Same spot. I mean, yeah, I mean, that team is garbage, but like, I think questions about LeBron's culpability in this situation are completely valid. Yeah. No, no. And I sure. also think he's done a terrible job of like, uh, we haven't had a chance to talk about it. His behavior after J.R. Smith's right. uh, gaffe is as bad as it gets. We alluded as, to it in that video. That that video was dark. Yeah, yeah, it's really crappy leadership. I mean, he 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 knew they had a timeout. He's he's asking the coach if we had a timeout to further shame him yeah. when they're I about wa- to have to play. I want to hear you, you know, say an, it. <laughs> an overtime. Yeah, I mean, 
I mean, he's a deal. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I totally get why Kyrie Irving didn't want to play there. Yeah, he's just. I mean, uh, I don't think he's uh, he's he's a he's probably the greatest player I've ever seen. But he's an unlikable Machiavellian dude. Um, he's Kobe with better PR and better passing. Yeah. So I feel like, it's, I'm I feel a, like we're there's asking. There's a part of me that is enjoying his demise. Yeah. I feel like we're asking a bit much of him to be like, you also have to behave this certain way that we think you should behave okay. in all the time. That's, mm-hmm. fa- that's fair. But again, that, that he, video he, he is did dark. Behave like, he did behave like me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I would have done. Imagine yeah. uh, preparing, spending millions of dollars on your body, working, you know, 12 months a year on your peak physical athleticism for J.R. Smith to do what he did. Scoring 49 points. Right. Uh, over the course of mine and Chuck's friendship, there have been probably... 100 times where Chuck thought I was just completely outraged with him, and it was just me having the body language of a, of a four-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was un- completely unaware. <laughs> so, I mean, it'll, my stuff ties in. It's my worst, but whatever. It's also my best. It was uh, Kanye West came out with a, a record recently on Friday, and he's got a, uh, speaking of LeBron's GM moves, a line about uh, about Tristan Thompson who's with his wife's sister, Chloe. And it ties into something we talked about last week, which are thoughts, right? (laughs) And uh, Kanye's uh, lyric goes, all these thoughts on Christian Mingle, that's what almost got Tristan single. (laughs) If you don't ball like him or Kobe, guaranteed then that will leave you. That, uh, that, That made me laugh. Yeah. That's a funny line. It's a super funny line. If only he could use similar lines on Pusha T. Oh, no. If only. No. That's, that's Drake. That's Drake, dude. Even I know that. Ah, well done, Even man. I know that. John, you just got sunned. <laughs> I oh, that was, my favorite, that was my favorite uh, uh, J.R. Smith meme. Was uh, LeBron as, as Drake and J.R. Smith had the baby. Or LeBron was holding the <laughs> baby. Yeah, it's incredible. There was, I mean, the, we didn't go into the memery. No, involved with J.R. Smith. Oh good, my goodness. A lot of good memes. It's, Some it's, of them are really depressing. <laughs> but here's here's the thing. And and this is part of what I'm I think about this. It this is a Nick Anderson-esque level of screw up, right? I think remember, it's the worst. Yeah. I think it's Remember worse. Nick Anderson in the in the no, finals I think against Nick Anderson Houston. in four straight free throws is worse. It it, it is it? Uh, There's no guarantee J.R. Smith scored. There's right. no guarantee the Warriors don't then no. win again. Like Nick Anderson needed to hit a free throw. Hey, but look what that did to Nick Anderson. Yeah, broke him. Broke him. Yeah. There is no better human on planet Earth to have this happened to than yeah, J.R. Smith. Yeah, I think he had 13 or 15 points the next game. He's b- oblivious to any sort of things like that. The next night, he was with his shirt off in a club yeah. popping a bottle. And He's desert thirsty. He's right. t- t- what I, happened I'm to not going to say what, I think it was Rihanna. That. It, it might have been Drake. We yeah. called him Desert Thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> Who, uh, what happened to Bill Buckner after you made that play? He, he, he was on that Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. Yeah, he was. <laughs> but you yeah, say what you want about Nick Anderson, but, but there wasn't a two-minute-long video of Shaq not wanting to look at him, not wanting to be yeah. around him. It's just because we never saw it, him. John. Right. right. I know. And Shaq can't get mad exactly. at anybody shooting free throws. Yeah. yeah, they're, they're, yeah we'll be can. able to look at this video <laughs> That's forever. <your> <laughs> Yeah, uh, so. we'll look at it forever until something more interesting comes out. Yeah. No, it's fine. No, this will not be forgotten. No, but what it does in the memory and the, you know, whatever 
thoughts about J.R. Smith being the reason why they lost. It only helps LeBron. My mother was talking about the J.R. Smith play. Yo, My mother That's pretty does great. not know who Nick Anderson is. J.R. Smith is now part of the lexicon. J.R. Right. Smith is now Bill Buckner. Yeah. That's the difference. So are we going to, if one of us messes up tremendously on the podcast, are we J.R. Yep. Smithing? Are we yeah. piping? What are we going to call it? We have to phrase it. We got to market mean, this. He's a, he's a verb. I'm doing the LeBron James uh, the face, face. <laughs> with the arms out. <laughs> I, I'd imagine he made this noise. <laughs> oh, that's great. All right, hey, let's move to the awards segment of the program. The International Stackhouse of Pancakes Award presented each week to the worst performance in a box score. This is only covering the finals, so we just have a few. Honorable mentions, Nick Young, 0 for 5, J.R. Smith, 3 for 10. We have three nominees, Jordan Clarkson in game one, 2 for 9, 4 points, 3 rebounds, 1 steal, 1 block, 1 turnover, 1 personal foul. J.R. Smith in game two, he rebounded with 2 for 9. Five points, one rebound, two assists, two steals, one turnover, no personal fouls, maybe try. And then in game three, after having the finals MVP locked up, Steph Curry, three for 16, 11 points, five rebounds, six assists, one steal, two turnovers, three personal fouls. He did, however, watching the game, make his last two shots. He started one for 14, was headed towards an all-time great yeah, or bad, if you will. Finals line. So uh, I believe Steph Curry, right? Yeah, let's oh, do yeah. it. Steph Curry, oh, congratulations! Yeah. This week's International Stack House of Pancakes Award winner, Par Fadeaway. What are we looking forward to? I'm looking forward to. Do we have to change the name of the International Stack House of Pancakes Award? iShop has announced they are changing the name of I their hop. company. I hop. Oh, sorry. iHop. The I international well, probably. The International House of Pancakes is changing to iHob, which I feel like sounds dirty when I say it out loud. Uh, Chuck, you ever iHob anybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's that thing the you P, do. The P is turning into Gentil a B. Now. Obviously, into a breakfast. It's got to be breakfast. Oh, yeah. But. One, how does you know, it, you don't know if it's breakfast? I mean, whenever the P turns into a B, it's a good night for me. Yes, oh. <laughs> I hop sounds dirty. Uh, the do we have to change the name of, of the iShop? N- uh, no, International House of Beignets, mm. International banana House. Stands. Yes, money in the banana stand. That, that well, reminds I, me I of am, the I am literally uncomfortable talking about arrested development. <laughs> That's true. I will I'm talk sorry. about chin dildos before Arrested Development. Calangelo walked in. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. may have committed light treason. <laughs> but iShop I works for us. I mean, I mean, there's no reason it shouldn't be the International Stackhouse of, of Breakfast. It makes just as much sense as Stackhouse of Pancakes. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I hate the fact that's not, a, that's not an iconic phrase. No. We need to go why are, Shoney's. Why are they so desperate? John, do you want to know something? Yeah. There's a Shoney's bar. What? There's a Shoney's by the. Are you, talk, are you talking about in Georgia? No, it's downtown Nashville by that by the stadium. It is now a bar and kitchen. What? Did you know the first Breakfast Shoney's bar to with... ever? Yeah. The first Shoney's to ever have a bar mm-hmm. is in Marietta, Georgia. Marietta, Georgia, 
and is owned and operated by the one and only, the big bad voodoo daddy, Big Papa Pump, Scott Scott Steiner? Steiner? (laughs) No way. Yeah. Oh, breaking news. I just got my Bonnaroo pass. Hey! Just came in. My buddy Brandon Jazz, who was incommunicado for two whole days, is now told me I got my Bonnaroo pass. Also... It always works out. It always works Everyone out. Everyone is right to shun you. Yes. And, <laughs> Tell really all are. the juggalos that Chuck's coming. <laughs> it's going to be a mess, baby. But yeah, uh, Brandon Jazz is the guy I'm in Hot Tub Club with, which is my rap group, which is the best description of Hot Tub Club was by uh, Mike on the Slack. And he said, it sounds like a Japanese pinball machine's music. Well, that Chuck, sounds good. Yeah. give it to me straight. Is it better or worse that I, this is my first ever non-Bonnaroo? Hmm. Is it better without you? Yeah. Dude, I yeah. am frightened of you at Bonnaroo. I know. <laughs> I want nothing to do with you there. You scare me. You're a different man, and I'm glad that you don't do drugs anymore. There will be considerably less drugs at Bonnaroo. Yeah, I'm very, mo- <laughs> I'm very like, I'm just easy. I like to be with my friends and listen to music. You go there to melt your face. No, I go there to eat other people's faces. <laughs> I go there to, I want to cut your face off your face. Yeah, and bath wear salts. It on my face. That's well, it. John, what are you looking forward to? Not going to Bonnaroo. <laughs> 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 I am, I am all in on this draft. Um, I'm excited. I, like, the dominoes are falling in a way that I think are going to make for high drama for Grizzlies fans. Uh, I'm scared that uh, Keith Parrish, Chris Wallace will draft someone stupid. <laughs> but uh, I feel like it's getting harder to draft someone stupid. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, I know focusing on Grizzlies, it seems like we just take whoever's kind of there. Yeah. Except yes. Except I don't want Bagley after everything I, I heard dunked on, dunking on him for 40 minutes. Well, the good news is for that draft, you've got three franchises who are just ridiculous, almost as poorly run as Memphis. Yeah, So you can, you can see a lot of whiffs happening in Sacramento. The Suns are going to take DeAndre Ayton number one overall. Right. Right. And then you've That's got like trash. this, you know, these the Sacramento and Atlanta who have historically not, you know, hit home runs with their guys. I mean, Atlanta, they haven't drafted high forever. No, forever. I, don't, I don't know what they do. So they, they're they taking may, Jackson. They may screw the pooch. So look, you know, the future might be bright at four for the old Grizz I like Bears. Atlanta, Jackson, and Collins, for, you know, palling around you down just, low. You just got to be really happy that. Uh, Dallas didn't draft before Memphis because that would they would have made the right choice. They've always pretty much drafted solidly. And obviously, uh, make sure you come out to our draft party if you're anywhere near Nashville. Come to the mainstay. Uh, peanut June. butter jelly wings. Peanut butter, peanut butter jelly, jelly wings. wings. So good. Two for one. We got wing specials. Five dollar wing special. Yeah, boy. Best margarita in town. They're really good margaritas. You got a parfait away, Chuck. I'm going to Bonnaroo, Bonnaroo baby. All right. So last year, at Bonnaroo, last year at Bonnaroo, uh, John handed me a, a cookie. He said, uh, if you eat this, you better buckle up. Then I watched the NBA Finals with Chance the Rapper <laughs> five feet from me. So if I can top last year's Bonnaroo watching basketball with this this year's, I should be happy. That's you had a better good. time than me. I had Bono screaming in Gaelic as my skin melted off of my body. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. All right, well, you guys, uh, thanks for checking out this week's uh, Vaguely Redneck, Very Pro Bonnaroo. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, I don't not redneck judging. John's uh, little anecdotes about Scott Steiner and Bessemer, Alabama. And we, we, we got a lot of good I flavor. I am sitting in a truck outside of a trailer. <laughs> That's <laughs> Very great. pro redneck. So, you guys, thanks for checking us out. Uh, if you want to support the show, get access to the bonus content, go to patreon.com slash 
fast break breakfast. Uh, you guys going to Bonnaroo? Stay hydrated. Look for me. I'm going to be taking pictures of people in jerseys. And I'm going to see if Keith will retweet it. I doubt he will. Oh, yeah. Chuck was on Jersey Watch. He's wearing his awesome Zebo jersey right now. Uh, so you guys at Bonnaroo, again, stay hydrated. Have fun. Uh, thanks for checking us out. You can follow us on Twitter at Fast Break Break. Like us on Facebook. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Love you, John. Yeah, no apologize for being G&G. Fair break, break, man. You understand?